Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today in the A-Game Podcast is Jeremy Resmer. Jeremy is a friend of a bunch of friends of mine, David Parade, Travis Hill, Adam Whitney, Bill Allen, Model Americans, and he came up very, very highly recommended. I actually didn't even know what his niche was, but he has something very original and very extraordinary that I highly suggest everybody listen to because he's doing something that nobody else after 300 episodes has come on and doing. It's called uh, Connected TV. There's a bunch of different versions of it that he's doing as you're going to get to see. But Investor CTV is definitely something that I am going to be doing. Maybe even by the time this episode comes out, he's working on a very special niche. So I don't want to even try to explain it or steal his thunder, but this is definitely one you're going to want to listen to, especially even I, I would say it will work for if you're a realtor, if you're looking for clients or deals on any level, especially if you have some stuff going in, he's literally doubled his revenue, doubled his deal flow, doubled his profits. Like the, the stats that he's had for almost just implementing one extra leg of his business is absolutely incredible. He's the only person I know at this point that does it. And the cool part is you would expect him to have to drop some crazy price and it doesn't look like it's even fractionally as expensive as some of these other marketing channels are to, to really get up and running. So I'm excited about it. I'm definitely looking into it. I didn't even realize he had all that going on. And I was very excited to have him on the podcast when I found that he did. And he gave you guys a lot of good info. So I'd say like the first half, we dig into his backstory. We talk about some of the stuff he's doing, how he actually was a terrible real estate investor when he first started out, figured out a way to make him work. So we talk about all the things that went wrong, then all the things that went right. And now we got himself up to a million dollars in profit, switched markets, rebuilt the whole thing, and then started the job that he actually didn't have to be doing it on the day-to-day. -day. It could become a career. It could become a profession. And he can run it as a CEO, get his time back, and start to focus on the lead generation activities, and then pivoting, bringing in the lead generation and going to where he is today with his extraordinary niche lead generation strategy of Investor CTV. So really, really cool guy, awesome energy, good dude, smart guy, killing it. Absolutely doing good. Doesn't surprise me at all that he was recommended by Adam Whitney. So shout out to him for putting us together. So definitely see the show notes to check him out personally, professionally, see him on social media and see all the ways to go with him on Investor CTV. If you are interested, tell him we sent you over there. I don't know if he put a deadline on there, but we talked to him after if this comes out. Just tell him the A-Game podcast sent you over there for sure, and you will get a fantastic discount. A free call to set it up to see if it's a good fit for you, regardless of what level of this business you're on. Excellent, excellent stuff there. So thank you very much for offering that to our viewers. Definitely forget. Don't forget to say that we sent you over there while you were there. Check out nicknick.com slash links while you're checking out the show notes and please subscribe to the podcast. The way that we get amazing people to come on like Jeremy to share what they're doing, all the hottest new things in the market that you guys are getting that they come on and they drop this, all this knowledge to save you time and save you money for absolutely free. We just ask that you subscribe to the podcast. It is available everywhere you watch, everywhere you listen. NickNickNick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S, will get you to all the ways to listen and watch. And while you're there, you will see us on social media. I know you probably hear it on every podcast, but it makes a huge difference. Please follow us on social media, NickNickNick.com slash links. You'll see them on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all the fun places that you go from Twitter to X. You name it, we're on it. I'm going to be posting clips from this episode. The way guys like Jeremy pass us on and have other great guests come on is when you 
interact with us on that. So when you see the clips, like them, share them, put a little fist bump, tag your buddies in there, ask a question to Jeremy so they know you're watching. It goes a long way. If we are not popping up in your feeds right now, follow us, write to me. I'll make sure I follow you. And then we will start popping up in each other's feeds. It makes all the difference in the world. But the big thing is I want to do real estate together. 2024 is here. We're coming right around the corner. If you'd like to buy real estate from me, sell real estate to me, or partner on some level, either DM me on social media, put the words real estate in there so my assistant knows to look for it. I am most active on Instagram, or just shoot me a text message directly, 516-540-5733. Again, 516-540-5733. Text the words real estate, and we can have the discussion for how we can work together, partner together, or get some deals done and make some money together in 2024. I really appreciate everybody listening. Last but certainly not least, if you're looking to get a free checklist on all the ways to bring value to your buyers as a real estate agent or wholesaler, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. You guys are awesome. I'm really looking forward to another year of phenomenal guests, phenomenal information, phenomenal things that are working and changing and pivoting and bringing on red hot new strategies from guys like Jeremy that come on and bring their A game. So please like it, please subscribe to it. Please keep it going so we can do another great year of great guests and fantastic information for you guys. Thank you for listening. Jeremy Resnick, thank you for coming on. Adam Whitney, thank you for the referral. A game podcast later, gentlemen, have a fantastic day. All right, my guest today is a business owner and entrepreneur originating out of Michigan, but is now fighting out of Tennessee and kicking butt in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina area. He turned from full-time real estate investor and was a self-proclaimed terrible investor, flipper, and wholesaler who started with wholesaling and then found extreme success and turned his job into a business through wholesaling, fixing, flipping, renting, even multifamily, and then turning and burning some land deals through multiple market channels. And he is now reinventing the game through a new exciting marketing channel that can help experienced investors get more deals and get more monthly pop pipeline properties. And it is known as Investor CTV. We will talk more about that for sure. He is a father, he is a husband, and he is our guest on the show today. Please welcome to the A-Game Podcast. And thank you very much for being here, Mr. Jeremy Resmer. Awesome, man. Dude, that was the best intro I've had. So thanks so much. <laughs> I always tell everybody, that's, that's all I got. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, dude, I, I hear nothing but great things about you from uh, from Adam Whitney and some people that I respect, very much respect you. But for some people who might not be 100% familiar with you yet, can you give a 30,000-foot view of who you are and where you came from? Yeah, so um, grew up um, in Michigan. So um, for those U of M fans like Adam Whitney, uh, they may not like the fact that I have a little bit of um, rooting for Ohio State, sometimes Michigan State. Uh, I really don't have much loyalty. So for a lot of the Michigan fans, um, I'm sort of a traitor. So um, anyways, um, lived there for oh, quite a while and um, moved around uh, California, Colorado, New York, back to Colorado, lived um, a couple times for short stints in, in uh, different parts of Africa. So um, anyways, I've been in uh, Tennessee since 2012, uh, moved close to my wife's family. Um, I have four kids. Um, sports junkie, played basketball in college. Um, man, just love working out, love um, love learning and filling my brain with uh, with new things. So I read a lot, watch a lot of podcasts, things like that. But um, yeah, man, I, I love talking shop, anything real estate related, anything sports related. Um, you know, that's me. So I started investing back in 2016 here in Nashville. And, um, was just, as you said, was just a bad investor trying to figure, you know, figure my way through the mud and, um, you know, joined a coaching program and, and, you know, got a little bit of guidance and then started building from there. So. 
That's awesome, man. So a couple of things about your story. One, I have to selfishly ask, where in New York did you live? Oh, man, I lived in um, uh, the Forest Hills area. Okay, um, all right. For a short time, I started a business. I had a clothing company. So I moved from uh, California to New York and started um, working with some manufacturers, found a designer. Again, didn't know what I was doing yeah. and then started manufacturing clothes in Brazil and Pakistan and Turkey and went international with it and eventually moved back out to LA and, and settled there for a while. So anyways, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Today. That's cool. Yeah, I used to date a fashion designer in New York City. And so she was, I would walk around like Midtown with her to go find buttons and fabric and stuff like yep, that yeah, all the yeah. time, man. So it was crazy. That's awesome, man. So we probably passed by each other a few yeah, times. Yeah, I was going to say, you look familiar. Maybe I found you in the garment district or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's cool, man. So one of the things I think is interesting about your story is I know a lot of people get interested in investing. You know, they hear that it's a way to kind of work themselves out of their job, get some financial stability. But then they start out and they don't get success initially. Either they don't get any momentum or don't get any deals. Or in your situation, I've heard you talk about how you actually got some deals, but then you couldn't sell them. So I'm interested in a couple of pivots from that question, but how did you keep yourself confident that this was going to work when, when you first started it out, like the first few deals went south and didn't really go through? Okay. So I put five grand on a, on a uh, uh, coaching program. I heard Tom Kroll from Wholesaling Inc., he was on the Bigger Pockets podcast. And I'm like, dude, this guy's got a coaching program. I'm like, I got to be part of it. So uh, the best part of this whole thing is my wife said, okay, we don't really have the money. At the time I was working nonprofit and it was a labor of love, was traveling all over the world. And um, I just needed to get out of it because I needed a life change. My wife and I um, adopted two girls from the Congo. We were living over there. We came back to the States and it was just going to be hard on my family. We needed more money and um, just a lot of things, a lot of dynamics there. So um, signed up for that program and um, actually thought, oh man, I'm going to hit a home run. I'm going to be a millionaire like fast. <laughs> two deals right out of the gate, direct mail. Um, and the deals were solid. I went, made the offer pretty much the next day, had a buyer. Both of them were 30K assignment fees. However, uh, as it turned out, there were title issues. And you know, in all my, in all my time doing this, um, probably some of the worst title issues I've had in seven years actually could not close the deals. Like the, the sellers actually couldn't sell them because of the way that the, the will was, was set up. There was a living trust and this person could live in the house, but couldn't sell it. So anyways, two deals back to back out of the gates, 30,000 on both deal almost crushed me. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? So in the meantime, when that happened and I found out I couldn't buy or I couldn't make a profit on both those deals, I had actually gone and signed up for about $2,500 a month SEO, committed myself for 12 months. I'm like, I'm in this for the long game. I'm going to crush this. And then all of a sudden put myself in a major bind. And so what happened was when uh, my wife and I made this decision, um, you know, we just, we essentially burned the ships. We're like, nope, there is no plan B. She trusted me. Um, I went and took out a HELOC on my house, <laughs> put it into this business. And so now all of a sudden it was like, holy cow, I have no money coming in. I'm actually borrowing from my HELOC to, to essentially pay myself each month. This is not going well. So <clears throat> I just refused to give up. And, you know, I have my family at stake and, um, you know what, these two deals didn't pan out and I'm like, nope, there's just, there's no giving up in this, in this dog. So just kept going and going, found a deal on Craigslist, probably five investors tried to, um, to work with the seller. Nobody could figure it out, um, was able to make it work and had this grand plan. This is going to be amazing. It's right by Titans, uh, by the, uh, stadium in Nashville. 
and come to find out I put under contract, everything looks good. Um, I buy this thing and I'm going to flip it and do an amazing renovation. But a real estate agent calls me up and says, Jeremy, you know, that this is a historic property, right? I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, well, that changed my, my plans for my first flip. And, and granted, I've never flipped the house before. So this is all new to me. And I call the, you know, the historical society and they're like, yeah, you can't change the footprint. You can't do that. If you want to change the paint color, you're going to need to do this. I'm like, oh shoot. So at that point I quickly pivoted, did a very light cosmetic rehab and I still made 14 grand on my first flip. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I made $14,000 on a deal that was pretty challenging. Um, I ran into every, made every mistake in the book still made money. And so from there, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out. And, um, I really started to get more into the flipping game. Um, I started there because I couldn't figure out wholesaling. I couldn't put a deal under, um, that really made sense for other people, but I was close so I could flip it and make a little money. And so from there, that's how I started on the journey and just got a little bit better and a little bit better each time. Man, that's, it's the same story. I, I, I love it because People are always looking for something different, but it's always the Rocky stories, man. It's always you got your ass kicked and you came back and then you got beat up a little bit less then you came back and you just keep pushing through. And uh, I I love all that, man. I think that that's incredible. I also think it's it's funny and timely because we talked about a couple of guys, Adam Whitney and David Perret. I just had dinner with David Perret and Tom Kroll last week. So it's funny that you brought up Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim was on my podcast last week. So like all, all those names are kind of like within the same circle. And I, I always think it's funny because you meet these guys and you know, we were at dinner. I don't, I don't know Tom all that well, but it was cool to be able to be there. And I was like, I wonder if this guy knows how many people just have like a 10 minute conversation. Cause he, I talked to him years ago and he, I'm sure he doesn't remember, but he called me and we had like a 10 minute call and it really had an impact on me similar, like uh, I suppose it did on you. So I love watching that come down because I'm sure that there's people that now you've talked to just in passing that in five years, they'll be on a podcast and be like, man, I talked to Jeremy this one day and he said this thing or I heard him do this. And then, ah, so it's just cool the way it kind of trickles down and people have impact on people in a positive way. Absolutely. Yep. That's awesome, man. So some of the deals that didn't go through, what would you say were some of the top lessons you've learned from some of those deals that did not go? Because I always tell people I learn way more from the losses than I do from the wins. Well, especially starting out, if you're if you're someone that's that's new to the game and um, my lesson would be don't spend that check until it's in the bank. <laughs> I mean, I put myself into, you know, a big bind. Now, did it make me go harder and just be like, oh, shoot, I'm going to push that much, much more? I don't know. I think I would have pushed that hard anyways, but it definitely scared the crap out of me. And um, <laughs> I mean, it took me a minute before I could actually tell my wife and she's like, oh, my gosh, like, what are we going to do? Like, and I'm like, I'm just going to figure it out. That's what I said. And fortunately we did, but uh, there's a lot of times where I hear a lot of investors who are cashing checks before they get them. I'm like, do not, do not go spend that money until that money is in the bank because you do not know what can happen. And since then, so many deals have, um, you know, at the last minute, um, you know, either they've, they've, they've gone through, we figured them out when we thought, Hey, there was no possibility or, um, they fell apart at the last minute and we had to, you know, figure something out or, you know, occasionally, you know, you lose the deal. It happens. So, um, that's one of my biggest lessons that, you know, I just haven't forgotten since. It's hard because I also tell new investors, like, go, you're going to be in this position where you're scared and then you start to get some momentum and then you get your first deal and you're like all the way up here. And then that first deal falls apart. And it's almost like 
the high was good, but now instead of even being normal, now you have the hangover. Now you're like lower than when you started. And like, so it's really hard to navigate that. But, uh, you know, there's something to be said for just not having another option to be able to quit because it's a little bit where I was at the same time. So I think that that's awesome, man. Obviously you, you have what it takes to be successful coming from the athletics background, all the stuff you do, but now you start to do deals. We fast forward a little bit. You got deals going well. Talk a little bit about the journey because I know you started doing well and making a lot of money, but at some point you looked at it as this is still a job, even though it's a high paying job. How do I now turn this into a business? Yeah, yeah, good question. So um, there was a time um, where I was um, chasing the deals. I was running the marketing. I was answering the phones. I was managing a couple of crews. Um, and I'm like, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. Like, there's just, it's not sustainable, right? Because at the time I had three kids, um, you know, I was leaving. My my crews wanted to be on the job at like 530. They're like, oh, we want to be done if, you know, work at 530 and then, um, you know, be done at like two o'clock. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. Um, but it never really worked that way. So I'd get there at 530 and my kids aren't waking up till like 7, 730, right? I'm like, man, I don't get to see my kids. And then after our crew leaves, I've got something else to do or I've got more appointments. So I'm running there. And so I'm not getting home till like six, seven o'clock at night. And, you know, it's time for my kids pretty much to go to bed. And then I'm like, all right, well, maybe I got an hour with them or, you know, a little bit of time with them and my wife. And then everyone goes to bed. And then here I am working, trying to like catch up on leads that came through, trying to update a CRM. It was crazy. It was the stupidest thing ever. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a one man show at that point. And it was just, it was just a lot. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And so, um, you know, kind of realized number one, I need to hire an assistant, which I did. And that was a good start. But even still, I had way too many things going on. And so um, eventually had an opportunity because um, I had grown up in Michigan, but my family had gone down to Myrtle Beach for years and years on vacation every summer. Well, my parents retired there and I'm like, you know what? I know that area pretty well. So I just started doing a little bit of research and found that, hey, there's what I would say sort of a gap in the market at the time. This was in 2019, 2020. So I did a little bit of research and um uh, started to figure out what the next move was going to be. And, um, eventually like we made a full transition in 2020. So we actually figured things out in Nashville, um, started to bring on an acquisition manager and some other things and, uh, realized that, Hey, the only way that I'm going to get out of my own way is to actually go to a different market. So was doing some investing in Nashville and then made that transition to South Carolina, Myrtle beach, um, and that, that whole thing was a story in and of itself. But at the end of the day, like for me personally, I just realized that the only way this was going to work was if I created a business rather than a job where I'm a one man show. And so, um, it just wasn't worth it and was killing me taking its toll on my family. And so we eventually pivoted to, to, to do that and, um, found a really great partner over there and kind of trained him. He had construction experience, right? So that was what I was looking for is if he knew the numbers and he knew how to negotiate, which he did, um, it was really easy for me to, to, to say, Hey, this is how we look, look at a deal and, and, and make offers. And it was like, literally the first appointment was a slam dunk. He nailed it without me telling him anything other than, Hey, what would you buy this house for? Just go in on the appointment and, and, and do your thing and then come and tell me where you're at. And like, we were $2,000 off. He was actually more conservative than me. And so that very first deal, he came in with an offer of 50 and I went back to the seller after and, and said, Hey, I can get you a, a, you know, a little bit more. She wanted a couple thousand more. So I got her 52 and we're like, Holy crap, 
Like I didn't give him any information. He didn't know anything other than what the the renovation costs were going to be. And so I'm like, all right, this is my racehorse. So started to make that transition. So it's pretty cool. So that's interesting. I was going to ask about how you, how and why you switched markets because it seemed like you were doing really well in Nashville, but it wasn't a market thing. It was that you felt you were still going to just become too hands-on if you continue to do stuff close to your own backyard. Yeah, exactly. So, so this is what's crazy, man. So in 2019, um, I bought my first rental and so Nashville, um, is where all the action was at, but there's another market Clarksville, which is like an hour away. And now if you look at Clarksville, you'll see all these investors out of state and everywhere else are all focused on Clarksville. I actually went from zero rentals to, oh gosh, we went from zero to 50 doors in 11 months. Ooh. I didn't know what I was doing. Fortunately, I had a good property manager, but I was like, you know what? Nobody's in this market. I'm going to go and, and figure out a way to, to, to buy some properties here. And so like the very first property I told the seller, I told her five times, no, 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 no. And so finally we agreed on a price and I'm like, all right, well, I'm buying one. And so one became another one. And then we picked up an eight unit uh, apartment building for 155,000. Sick. And then like literally a month later, I picked up a 19 unit. I had no idea. what I was. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing with these buildings? I had no way to fund it. Like I truly didn't even know how that was supposed to work. And so my whole thing was like, hey, if there's an opportunity, if it's a good deal, I'm going to go figure it out. I'll figure out how to make it work. I'll rely on other people. So I got my property manager. He said, yeah, Jeremy, we can make this work. So we went and looked at the deal. He's like, this is a good deal. So I bought a 19 unit for 650,000. I'm like, all right, this is crazy. So um, again, didn't know how to how to manage it. Didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Didn't know how I'm going to raise those funds. And so I just started just going after it. So um, we had a lot of success there, but I'm like, man, like that's working, but I'm still trapped in this business over in Nashville. And so it was just like, man, I, I have to figure out a way where I can actually be a business owner, enjoy my life and, and have a handle on things. So Finally, the the last straw, man, was I'm at a job and um, we had some guys, I forget who it was, maybe um, the, the plumber or whatever, needed to finish out. And um, I needed someone to come in and, and repair a bathtub. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, man, um, I'll see you tomorrow. So he leaves the job. He's like, I'll finish out tomorrow. I'll see you at 730 in the morning. So sure enough, I'm at the job. I'm calling him at 7.30. He's not answering. Two hours later, he picks up the phone. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? I'm like, well, hey, you tell me, man. Like, are you okay? Is everything all right? Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, hey, you told me you're going to be here at 7.30. I've got guys backed up waiting for you, and they have to finish out, but they can't finish till you finish. He's like, oh, man, I'm in Louisville. I'm like, Louisville, what? Um, so he's a couple hours away and doesn't give me, you know, doesn't say anything to me, just, you know, waits a couple hours to pick up. So I'm like, you know what? That's the last straw. I'm like, this is adult daycare. I don't want to be the guy on the job, uh, managing crews, dealing with contractors. So that was it. So I'm like, okay, I am officially like figuring out a way to transition out so I can, you know, have a business, do what I'm good at, which is lead gen and, you know, building teams and creating that vision. So I just finally, that was it. I had enough and that was it. That's awesome, man. I, I love that. And I, I'm similar. I tell people a lot of the time, they're like, well, I'm going to do one close to my house just so I can, and then I'm going to go out. I'm like, nope, you're just, you're prolonging the inevitable. You know yep. what I mean? It's just, it's always going to be another one, another one. So now that you do work remotely though, I, I've always been a big remote guy, but I learned I had to have 
a lot of communication and put systems and processes and expectations in place if I'm going to be doing some remote stuff. So now that you're doing it, living in Tennessee and investing in South Carolina, what does your day-to-day look like as far as how you communicate with the teams, how often? Because I, I, I tell people the example would be like if you open up a restaurant, as the business owner, you shouldn't expect to be there flipping burgers every day. But you still need to check in and understand that everybody's at work and they're doing their jobs, whether that's reports or videos once or twice a day, once or twice a week. Information can really help you at least see if things are going off the rails. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, at the time, um, you know, I partnered with my buddy, Adam, um, at the time he, you know, he was just going to be a GC for me and, um, and he realized he didn't want to be swinging the hammer. So Hmm. he said, Hey, let's, um, let me generate the leads. And then you go on the appointments, knock them down. You can take the first few and then we'll either, you know, he'll transition, um, to, um, kind of managing that process or handing it off to somebody else. Um, and so we just kind of took it one house at a time and eventually realized that, you know, we could be pretty effective wholesaling over there. Now our first year, um, you know, we did okay. We did like, uh, we did like, um, about a 12, 12,800. That was our first average assignment fee over there. And we had no buyers and we were just trying to basically start from scratch. So a lot of times it was like, oh, we got a deal. We got to, you know, just give it to anyone that'll take it. Right. Cause we didn't have that many people. Um, but we kind of figured that part out and grew our bios, buyers list pretty quick and, you know, did the things, but what was essential was having someone boots on the ground and he had construction experience. So I could rely on him and, you know, he has helped us to build out those pieces in that area. So um, I had my assistant and, you know, she helped with some of the marketing stuff and and she was local, um, but then COVID hit. So then, you know, nobody wanted to see anybody else. Right. So, um, you know, we had to kind of talk and communicate that way. And then we brought on a, uh, a lead intake person, someone on the phone. So I was still answering phone calls at the time and, you know, setting up the appointments. And then we handed that off to someone else and trained them. And then eventually we brought on a transaction coordinator. So the good thing was it was just us two. And we realized what we were good at and what we were not good at and what, you know, sucked the life out of us. So we, you know, eventually, you know, brought those people in to replace ourselves. So we've yeah. just continued to to do that one at a time. Hey, what's the next greatest need? What's the path to do that? And, um, you know, now I think we've got a team of 11. We've got three transaction coordinators. Oh, I'm sorry. We have three acquisition managers um, on the land side. Oh, I'm sorry. On the house side, we actually brought um, a new um, acquisition manager here in Tennessee. So I actually have four acquisition managers for houses and then one for land exclusively. So we've just continued to build the team um, and what that communication looks like. I mean, we have one Monday meeting where everybody gets on. We talk through everything on our deal board. So where are we at? When's it supposed to close? What still needs to get done, right? So everyone's um, in touch with that. Even our lead intake, we want them to know what's what's being closed so that they can be excited too because they know they're getting bonuses on those. Um, and then we have our CRM, which everyone has access to. So we're always putting notes in, or we tagging people a lot. Um, and then if we need to, you know, make the phone call, we make the phone call. So it's kind of like, you know, all hands on deck. We have one meeting that is, is standard. And then, you know, I have one meeting with our, um, uh, lead intake team and, you know, my partner does as well. Um, aside from that, man, it's just like, Hey, you know, you're on your phone a lot talking with the team. Anytime things come up, you know, we're handling them. So as much as I'd like to say, I'm not really involved in all that stuff, you know, when there's 
Unfortunately, with the wholesaling business, every situation is unique. It's not mm -hmm. like multifamily where it's like, hey, it's a 75-day close. Yeah, we're going to have some hiccups, but you know, more or less, we know kind of what's going to happen. With wholesaling, it's like, oh, shoot, this person just had another lien. Oh, it's going to foreclosure and they need this. And hey, they need an advance and they need help moving. And so it's like every situation is a little bit different. So sometimes those are, you know, our acquisition team is like, hey, like we're not sure how we should handle this. or And so I'm brought into that. My partner Adam's brought into that. So um, we're still really involved with the business, um, but we're trying to focus as much as we can on, you know, what would be our superhuman strength, if you will. So the day-to-day -day stuff, you know, we try not to be reactive, but it still happens. I mean, we've got a whole rental portfolio and, you know, we're trying to buy 117 doors from somebody. We're trying to, you know, manage three crews and another smaller market. So it's like constantly decisions have to be made and it's like, all right, you know, we're working with our team one way or another. So I wish I could say I'm out of the business and really, you know, the team's handling it. They handle a lot of it, but there's always stuff that's like, oh, dude, we got a problem. Someone's got to make a decision. So, man, that's the life of the business owner, right? It is, man. It is. That's cool. So before we, we jump into some of what your crown jewel is with the lead generation, I, I'd love to hear a little bit about what your land flipping strategy is. Yeah. So um, at one point uh, a couple of years ago, before I made that transition to Myrtle Beach, I thought I was going to transition from Nashville uh, houses to land exclusively. We started to build up a nice little business. There wasn't a lot of land SEO companies out there. So we put together a site. Our company is Value Land Buyers. We're like, hey, how can we take a great name that people are kind of searching for, right? Value of my land or land buyers or whatever. So we just had a lot of success starting out. And we were getting about 30 leads without actually doing much SEO. We put up a site and we did some really, really basic stuff. We're getting about 30 leads a month. And then we realized like, holy cow, like we, we potentially could do really well here with land. And so um, we hired a, a land coach just to kind of know what, what that would look like that business. And, you know, does this really have some legs? And then we found that, holy cow, like we were buying, like we bought 30 acres for like 40 grand, sold it in 25 days, money in the bank for like 80,000. And then we picked up 101 acres and then we picked up 99 acres and we're like, Again, one of those things I didn't really know what I was doing, but um, you know, I was getting phone calls from people who are like, "Man, I'm going to lose my land. Um, you know, can you come out and make me an offer?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, tell me a little bit of information. When when are you going to, you know, when when are you going to lose it?" He's like, "Next Sunday." I'm like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, well, I can figure this out. I don't know what it's going to look like, but um, you know, that was just one of those things where I'm like, "Hey, if there's a way to make some money, um, let's figure that out." So, we were going to make that pivot full on. And um, Again, we've done a lot of stop and go, stop and go, um, changing directions, but um, we finally brought land back um, probably like, so we, so we, we made that uh, partial pivot and we're still buying land. We were selling, um, we, we were sending out new uh, blind offer letters. Um, and then we sort of put a pause on that and we got our house business in South Carolina going and made it really effective. And then we're like, okay, now that we've got everything stabilized, we've built the team, let's come back to land. So we did that last year. We started doing some mailers, um, had a little bit of success with it, um, but then had a couple of, you know, just personnel issues that were like, oh shoot, we realized that our lead gen is, um, is there's too much for one person. So we brought our land acquisition manager back to lead intake. So all these things kind of happen, right? And so we paused the direct mail. So right now we're doing SEO, for land, like we were doing starting out. We're generating about 70 leads per month. 
which is still pretty strong. Yeah. Um, I brought on a guy to do the SEO, like legit to go after it. And he said, Jeremy, in the next probably 60 to 90 days, like we're going to be at 200 leads a month. So that's what we're doing right now for our land strategy, um, primarily flipping. So like we, we picked up an awesome property in a high-end neighborhood in Pennsylvania, um, paid 90 for it. It's listed on the market right now for 299. So where will it probably sell? Eh, probably around 240, but I mean, that'll be a great rip. So we're looking for things that um, are at least $10,000. Um, and then, you know, we try to, we try to at least double our money. So um, the strategy there is we don't want to do, you know, we're not looking for the rinky dink deals that we have to self close on. We're looking for, you know, either um, higher dollar parcels or um, bigger parcels that maybe we could subdivide or that someone else could subdivide. And, um, you know, typically we're buying anywhere from 20 to 40, 45%. And then we're trying to sell for, you know, whatever double that would be. So sometimes it's 50 to 90%, just depends on the area, depends on the parcel, but we like to, you know, turn and burn as quick as possible, buy low, sell low, get an agent on it and, and help us determine that valuation before we buy it, we close on it and then immediately list. So that's our strategy for land. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. Smart, man. That, that's awesome. So pivoting now. So people starting out, everybody talks about the direct mail, the text messaging, the cold calling, pulling the list, the stress list, the foreclosure, all the things that we've talked about pretty much every episode. But um, when Adam linked us up, I just, you know, I was like, dude, friend of Adam, friend of mine, like awesome. I didn't even realize that you had this whole niche that you were getting into. So when I started researching you for the podcast, I was like, holy crap, like I've, I've had 300 guests on now that like do real estate. Nobody's talked about what you do on that higher level. So talk a little bit about Investor CTV, what it is, how it is, and let's, let's deep dive into that for a little bit. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> how we built our, how we built our marketing, um, or a lead gen for, for Myrtle beach was, um, I knew that I knew that we needed to get a lot of leads. Like that was the goal is like, Hey, if we're going to really grow this thing to 50 deals, a hundred deals a year, the only way that we can do that is number one, build a team, but we need to be able to generate enough leads. And so we tested out the cold calling and the SMS. And of course, every channel works, right? But there's certain channels that just work better for your personality, for your business type. And for us, we were like, you know what? We don't like the hate that we're getting from the cold calling and the, the SMS. Like we just didn't like that. We wanted to, instead of pushing um, 
pushing out. We wanted to pull people in. So we made that commitment. So we did the, the PPC, the SEO, the direct mail. We kind of started there. And then we had a lot of success early on when Facebook advertising was a lot different um, and it was a lot easier to have success there. And so those were the first few channels. And then through Facebook, we realized, holy crap, people were really starting to see our brand. And, you know, we're like, hey, you know what, let's create that long term brand recognition. And I told my partner, I said, hey, Adam, you're going to be the face of this company everywhere you go in Myrtle Beach. I want people to know who you are. So um, the next, um, marketing channel that we invested in was radio. Again, early on in radio, not a lot of people were doing that. We ended up getting on seven channels right out of the gate and had a lot of success, 25 ads uh, per week per channel. So we were just saturating that market and we still run it today. It worked out really well for us. And then as soon as we saw uh, a return on investment, I'm like, yep, what's the next thing? TV. So invested in TV and then again, had a lot of success with it. So I thought, Hey, this is, you know, this is the Holy grail. That's, you know, all that there is. Well, I get a phone call from a buddy of mine who lives out in LA. We used to work together at a couple of different companies. And he said, Hey, Jeremy, here's what I'm working on. I'm working on this thing called connected TV. Um, here's how it works. You're familiar with streaming, right? Yes. He's like, well, on those free streaming services, you're going to get commercials, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, you can't skip those commercials. I'm like, yeah, I hate that. He's like, well, for an advertiser or for the platform, that's how they make their money. That's how they can do it for free. So this was still way early in the game. And he was an initial investor in a company called TV Scientific. Well, TV Scientific, um, they created this whole backbone um, for measuring um, streaming ads, TV ads. And so they were one of the first to the game. And as a partner, as an investor and partner in this platform, we were able to get access to the whole inventory. And he just said, Jeremy, I have an opportunity. And he said, is this something you'd be interested in? I'm like, hey, let me ask some questions. Let me talk with, you know, Mark, uh, another guy who's involved in that venture with us. And so we got to talking and I was like, holy crap, you could literally target any individual that you want. So if I have a list, I can upload a list uh, pre-foreclosure or divorce or probate. And I can literally send it to the system. The system says, oh, John Smith. It goes and finds John Smith. So when he's streaming, we serve him an ad for our company. I'm like, so wait a second. We do TV and it's just kind of a um, spray and pray, right? Hopeful uh -huh. that people are watching. Um, but with connected TV, we can actually go after the very individuals that we want to see our ads. Oh yeah. Better yet. Instead of having them see our ads one time, I can actually prioritize John Smith and say, Hey, he's in pre-foreclosure. Let's serve him an ad up to, I don't know, 20 times a week. Hmm. So now when John Smith is streaming on his TV or digital devices, we can match those up. Once we match up the TV. Now we can get all of his devices. So if he's streaming on, you know, an iPad or an iPhone, boom, we can still serve him that ad. So if if it's someone like in pre-foreclosure who we know has to do something, right? They have to sell one way or another. We can actually serve them more ads than maybe someone who's just on like a bulk list or whatever, high equity. So all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, this is insane. So we started testing this out in my business and we went from 48 deals in the first 12 months. We did not change anything. So I said, I'm going to keep all of my marketing the exact same, not changing anything. And 
Um, I'm not going to change personnel. I'm not going to add any new people, nothing like that. So we went 12 months without any changes. And, and the results were we had um, year over year, we had a 20% increase in call volume. We had a uh, 3X increase in web traffic, unique visits to our website. And we went from 48 deals to 86. Ooh. And our, our revenue increased 40%. It was like, holy crap, game changer, right? And so what was crazy about this is like, number one, we didn't even know if it was going to work. Like theoretically, I'm like, well, if I can reach those people and serve them a TV ad, like I know it's going to work, but you don't know until you actually do it and have success with it. So anyways, um, at that point I was a, a huge believer and, you know, my, you know, my partner said, Hey, um, why don't we start offering this to, to other people, to other investors? And we're just going to really hone in on this. We know the way to set up a campaign. We know how to target, you know, these different lists. And so what's cool about it is, so we started doing that recently. Um, we have several investors in different parts of the country that are having a lot of success doing this. They've added this to their marketing, but what's crazy is you can, you can basically do anything you want. You can target like, if you use Audantic, right, which is like a, um, uh, like an AI, like a predictive um, list service, well, they can tell you, hey, these are people are most likely to sell. Well, we can literally take the level one and level two or whatever you want and say, hey, let's go serve them ads. Like if that's what they're saying, let's go prioritize that and serve more ads to those people more frequently. And then we can do like level two is like, you know, gets less, but we still want them to see that. Or Take, for example, like you've got, let's just say you've got 10,000 people in your database. We can export that list. We now upload, upload it to our system. And then boom, now all these people who maybe have been in your system, you haven't been able to reach them, no follow-up. Now, all of a sudden, they're back in the game. They're seeing your ads. I mean, there's so much potential that you can do right. with this. You get a PPL lead, right? So paper lead or pay-per-click. Um, if someone comes to your landing page or SEO, we have a pixel in there. So maybe they find you through one of those channels, but now all of a sudden we're retargeting them and serving them a 30 second unskippable ad when they're streaming. Dude, it's insane. That's amazing, oh. man. So you can literally take outbound and make it inbound in that scenario, right? If you got like a can, that's cool. I, and I think there's a lot of people watching it now thinking about all the times that they try and fast forward on like the streaming service and they're like, son of a gun, I can't do it. <laughs> now it's like clicking and stuff, man. So that, that's really cool. Like I think all that now, it's even funny too, because I think I heard you talking about how you used to do really well on Facebook and then they changed it. I remember like looking at it being like, man, people are going to opt out now and it's going to affect my business. But then I found myself opting out and then I started watching the commercials that were coming in because I wouldn't let, and I was like, why am I getting like menopause commercials? Like what? So now I'm like opt-in, opt-in, <laughs> opt-in, you know what I mean? So it's kind of funny, man, but that that's really cool. And I I, I think another cool strategy that I, I heard you talking about in a couple other interviews, the fact that you're, first off, not burning the ships in this scenario, you're keeping things the way they are. I think that that's a mistake people do is they'll try direct mail for three months and go, that didn't work. I'm going all in on like investor CTV, but you kept things the way they are and you test it as an additional channel. I think that that's a, a very smart play. So talk about the, the difference shifting to something like that. So this wouldn't be for somebody, you're just starting out, this is going to be the first thing you do, correct? Yeah. So I don't recommend this as like, a, hey, if if this doesn't work, then I'm going out of business type of thing. Um, could you do that? Yeah. I mean, you can, but quite honestly, like the data is the power of this, right? So 
if like most people starting out, they don't, they don't really have good understanding of the list. They're just trying to figure out what marketing channel works for me. So the way we look at it is, listen, if you're a full-time investor, you're doing like 500,000 annually, you're doing probably about three deals a month. And you've probably got two, at least two other channels. This could be your third channel. And so really this is going to elevate. Um, they say a rising tide raises all ships. Well, this is what connected TV does. So if you asked me, um, Jeremy, you went from 48 deals to 86 deals. So all of those were from connected TV. I would say, no, that's not accurate. What connected TV does is it creates a halo effect. When someone is exposed to your, T, uh, your TV ad, let's say one time and then five times and then 10 times, what happens is sure. You're going to have people that call that phone number and you know they're a deal right then and there. That's going to happen. You're also going to have people that TV drive search. So they're going to search your website and they will fill out a form. They may actually call the number on your site. So we have good tracking so we can see, hey, that person who came to your site, they came from connected TV. We can see that. However, um, you know when you have a lot of marketing channels going, um, what happens is CTV enhances the performance. You're going to have higher conversion rates when people see you after seeing the commercial and then they go to Facebook and they see your ad there or um, they go to Google or they go direct to your site. Your uh, conversions will actually increase. So it's crazy. Like if I showed you the, the chart, you'd see it go from like, if somebody sees your ad one time, uh, it's like 1% all the way up to almost 10% if they see your ad 10 times. And so just like regular TV or radio, it's it's frequency and reach, right? But in this case, you know who you're reaching. This is like sniper marketing, right? You're literally picking off the people that you want to see your ad and you're delivering it to them. But in this case, with a really, really powerful medium, which is TV, you get the same benefits of TV um, with the additional benefit of you can serve that ad only to the people you want to see it. That's the power of this. And so, um, what it does is it raises the tide or raises the conversion of your other channels. And so if somebody's kind of already looking for a cash buyer, well, now they happen to see your commercial. Oh, I know that company. And then they go online and then they do some research and it's like, Oh yeah, well, I saw them on TV too. Or they go to your website, they find you on SEO and then tracking pixel kicks in. Now they see your ad. Oh, you know what? I, I went to their website. I didn't fill anything out, but man, this company, they're everywhere. They're like following me. This is crazy. I can't believe it. <laughs> now all of a sudden they go back to your website or they call you, but regardless, it's, it's shifted our, the way we look at things because most investors are like, oh, I have to see a 5X return from this channel. And I need to, you know, with PPC, I need at least a 3X return. And it's like, those things are great. But when you start to do all of these different things and add in these other channels, there's no perfect attribution. And so I'm not looking at, hey, what's my return on CTV or what's my return on, you know, SEO? I mean, sure, I can do those things. But now we've got people coming from so many different places that it's impossible to track, right? So I always give this example. I get one lady that um, she her alarm goes off in the morning and she told us this story. My alarm goes off and I hear your ad on the radio. <laughs> then I'm sitting there having my cup of coffee. I'm watching the TV. I see your ad on TV. So then I go to your website, right? And I, I'm looking around. I'm like, man, this, this is definitely the company. 
and she places a call. We set an appointment. My acquisition manager, actually, who in this case is on the, the TV spot, shows up at the house and she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's you. And he's like, what, did I do something wrong? No, you didn't do anything wrong. Everywhere I go, I'm seeing you or hearing your ad or seeing your ad or whatever. And I can't, can't believe you're the one who showed up at my house. Sick. And so it's like, well, how do you, how do you attribute that lead? Is it radio? Is it TV? Is it CTV? Is it, um, is it SEO? It's like, no, they're all working together. And so what CTV has allowed us to really do is we're making sure that those people who are on our lists or who are reaching out or who are in our database already, we're making sure they see us again and again and again, so that whether it's six weeks or six months, when they're ready to sell, they know, Hey, Myrtle Beach home buyers. Like I've seen their ad. I know that company. They're ready to, to, to call us. And so that was what our ultimate goal was. And so again, going back to, uh, is it CTV where those leads were generated from? No, it's all of them working together, but CTV has played a massive role in creating that brand awareness in repetition, consistency of message. And so we feel like, you know, just like what the halo effect does, we saw that firsthand in our business and allowed us to close more deals. And this year, by the way, I mean, we're on track right now to do probably a hundred to 115 deals. Uh, our goal for the year was a hundred and two million in assignment fees. Right now we're looking somewhere in the realm of a hundred to 115. And we'll probably be somewhere between like 2.3 and 2.7 million in revenue. So again, like we're doing really, really well um, this year. And we haven't added any new personnel from last year. Um, you know, we started to tweak some of our marketing. We've added PPL. We've done some different things um, because that test period is over. But you know, we're really just honing in and and um, you know, getting better at what we do as far as lead gen and 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 all that. So it's it's CTV has been a game changer for our business. You're Mario Lopez, dude. Like as for anybody that. Uh that travels in hotels a lot, you're constantly waking up in the middle of the night and you always have Mario Lopez on there like, Hollywood movies on your TV. Like everywhere I go, I'm like, I keep hearing Mario Lopez everywhere. And then I'm like, oh, he's on this pod. Oh, he's boxing. Oh, you know what? I think I'm a Mario Lopez fan now. So it's kind of like what you're doing is like you're getting them almost like, uh, I, I like it when you think about dating. I could go meet a girl at a bar and go, you want to go out with me? She's like, I don't know who the hell you are. But then you pop up in her news feed and then a friend goes, oh, I know Jeremy too. And all of a sudden now, they're, all right, well, now it's the fourth or fifth or sixth time they met you okay nice enough guy i've seen him a bunch of times maybe we'll have coffee and i think that that starts to build that rapport because as it all comes down to always people want to do business with people that they like that they know and they trust yep. and what you're doing is you're establishing those things and you're just kind of dripping it and dripping it in so i i like it man and i think that um like anything else there's an onion to it so for people that are now listening going okay cool i'm just gonna go put an ad on, you know, investor CTV. I've heard you talk about, well, now there's a difference between the connected TVs and the streaming devices and what the ad says and when it airs and how long it is and all that kind of stuff. So if somebody's sitting here saying like, I'm interested in this, this sounds like something I'll, I want to talk about, but it's like over my head, but I am in that spot now where I have some deals and I'd like to scale up a little bit. What would be the next steps to work with you or figure out what that conversation is? Yeah. So it'd be reach out to me. Um, you can reach out to me directly, or you can go to investor CTV where there's more information. There's a case study. Um, you can see the, the highlights of, of what our campaign looked like over 12 months and, and how we did. Um, you can see uh, different videos. Um, so go there, schedule a call. You can, you know, schedule a Calendly link and, um, you know, there'd be myself and, 
at least one, maybe two other people from our team. And we would walk you through what the production looks like, um, you know, what the, you know, what the whole program is. And um, it's really straightforward, honestly. I mean, it's done for you marketing. I mean, essentially we would, um, our team does all of the, um, you know, we do uh, the, the shooting, we find you the studio, we help you create the script. Um, of course, every company is going to be a little bit different. So there's some things that are similar. And then there's other things that are maybe specific to your business. Maybe you're a veteran or, you know, you do something different than, than anyone else. And so we would, um, you know, do all of that, um, work with you, get you in the studio and then edit it. And then, um, you know, we set up the campaign, we work with your data profile, what data you currently have, who you're targeting, where, all of those things, and then basically set you up for success. And then usually it takes probably 30 days to get it going. So if you said, yeah, you know, I'm locked and loaded, I want to make this happen. Um, you know, we usually, um, you know, can get it done in 30 days or less. And, um, and then there you go, you're off to the races. And sometimes we can do one or two different ads for you. Um, we can do different variations of that. Um, but those ads go for a long time. I mean, I've run some of the same ads for two and three years and they still work. So um, we just created two more ads, um, but we're able to do that for you. And, um, you know, it's a really seamless process. So it's not like you're like going to have to film a new ad every month or something like you can literally run, you know, one ad for two years or longer. So um, you know, it's a really cool program. The leads keep coming through, keeps building uh, your online presence, uh, sending people to your website, sending people to your company and, and then building that awareness. So that's really how it works. It's pretty straightforward. And, um, you know, so you can book a call that way. That's awesome, man. And so I know you're talking a lot about the lead generation here, but let's say we have land or something like that. Are you doing some sort of strategy also to find people that are maybe on the disposition side, looking to find buyers for certain things, or I, I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of restrictions with raising private money, but even like the land, you know, like maybe land buyers, people that are looking to buy stuff, seller financing, all kinds of different things like that. Yeah. So you can, you can custom uh, create commercials for whatever it is you want to do. Now, do we have people that are just looking for buyers? Currently we don't. Um, I, I, I would say that, you know, whatever your niche is, shoot, if you're selling insurance and you want to sell it in, in zip code 37122 and dominate that, you could do that, right? So whether you're looking for buyers or whether, you know, you're looking for motivated sellers in real estate or land, you could totally do that. Um, in fact, we, uh, one thing I will say is this plays really, really well into land because most land investors, their primary, um, way of finding deals is they'll either send the postcards and do like a neutral letter, neutral thing, or they'll do blind offer letters. Well, they'll say, Hey, I can make you an offer for this price or in this price range. And they'll actually, you know, send a letter. And so that goes in the mail. Well, think about it for a second. Those, um, those investors, they're not just, you know, sending out, um, letters to anybody. Most of the time land investors know, like their criteria might be, Hey, uh, five acres plus in this zip code or this county. So they have a very specific criteria that they're looking for. And so their data is, is very, very, uh, very, very important. And so, um, you know, we actually just talked to a guy yesterday who is going to sign up and this is a perfect fit because most of the land investors right now, there's a lot of um, vacant land scams going on. So people are starting to ask, oh, is this a scam? Is this company legit? Well, here's the deal. Imagine if you pull your data and you're going to send out a mailer this Friday. When you pull that data and scrub it, you send it to us. We can literally upload your list right now and in 10 minutes, start serving ads. Huh. So now if you're going to send out a mailer for 10,000 uh, to, to 10,000 different people, 
we can actually start finding them online, serving your 30 second ad. So they know you before the mailer even hits. And so we encourage people to do this, even with the house side, if you're doing direct mail, send us your list first so that when they get your direct mail, they're already going to know who you are, especially for companies that are putting their company information. So, you know, Myrtle Beach Home Buyers, if that's on my mail piece, well, oh, shoot, I just saw a commercial from those guys. Now you're getting something in the mail or maybe something in the mail. They go to your website and we're retargeting them anyways. But the beauty of it for land is those guys don't really have a brand per se. They're really just, you know, um, putting the bait out there. And if somebody has a piece of land that fits their criteria and they call them, then, you know, they're, they're hoping that they sign that purchase agreement or they negotiate a price. But in this case, we're actually preempting their marketing and we're creating a brand. And so they're actually going to be using uh, that offer letter and they're going to say, Hey, if you haven't seen us, go check out our website. Uh, have you seen our commercial? No, we haven't seen that. So they go check out their website. Now they get retargeted there if they weren't already picked up from the, from the list. Right. And so now they see our ad then. So there's just a, a really unique way that nobody else, nobody else in the country that I'm aware of is, is doing their marketing, their TV marketing like this. Here's the other thing too. Let's say you've got a probate or inherited list. And, you know, you're in, I don't know, call it South Carolina, but, you know, the beneficiaries or the, the, the representative are in New York. Well, all we need is the mail to list. So if we have who the beneficiary is, they can travel to New York. We got them. We're still serving them a TV ad. So you don't have to get a separate contract for New York. You don't have to get a separate contract for South Carolina. Literally, we're following your people wherever they go. So someone might say, oh, well, do I have exclusivity? No, I can't promise you um, with integrity exclusivity. Why? Because um, depending on where your list is located, we're going to we're gonna serve commercials there. So uh, another thing too um, is imagine you're um, um, an investor and you're in Houston, you're in Jacksonville, Florida, and you're in Los Angeles, and you're sending out mail to each of those markets. Well, guess what? The Holy Grail is typically direct mail, PPC, and the third leg of the stool is connected TV. Why? Because you don't have to uh, do media buys in each of those markets. You literally just send us your list and we will uh, we will um, upload that to our system, serve, you know, go and find those people and serve them that ad. So super powerful, super targeted. So you don't have money that's being wasted on people that really aren't, you know, falling on your list. You're literally hitting the very people you want wherever they are and following them around. That's powerful. That's awesome, mate. It reminds me, uh, it's it's such an interesting psychological experiment on perception because it almost reminds me of like, for me, the jujitsu and real estate, it's it's pretty much my circles, but I leave here and I when I talk to people, I'm always blown away of like, you don't know Gordon Ryan, you don't know Adam Whitney, you don't know, because your bubble you think is the biggest bubble ever. And then you don't realize it's just this little bubble. But I feel like that's what you've done now is between the direct mail and then the commercials and then the website and just the trickling in, they don't realize like you still might be a small bubble, but to them, you've become this giant presence where I think it's cool because you don't actually have to be the big dog but you're appearing in yep. their minds to be the big dog. Exactly. And I think that's really, really cool because it's it's kind of like creating that celebrity effect without actually having to be the celebrity, which in, yeah. in a way, I, I think it's pretty genius, man. I really, I'm very interested in it. I'm, I'm really glad you came on and talked about this. I've never heard anybody doing this kind of stuff. And I think it's such a nice 
shortcut to what everybody else is trying to do with, uh, you know, obviously everything takes work, but this it's as, as somebody once told me recently, it's never going to be easy, but this might make it a little bit easier. Yep. <laughs> That's Absolutely. cool, man. That's awesome. So social media, stuff like that. I know we got the website and for anybody listening, all the things to connect with you are going to be in the show notes. Any other preferred ways for people to connect with you, watch what you're doing, get on the same page. I mean, just reach out to me on Facebook or messenger, Jeremy Resmer. Um, I mean, shoot, if somebody wants to talk shop, even if it's not uh CTV related, I don't care. Um, just call or text me. Can I give out my phone number? I mean, yeah, dude, if you want to go for it for sure. Yeah. So, so here's, I got this little thing. So I'm going to preempt this by saying, uh, there, I, I learned this trick that when you put your phone number out there, people don't actually think that um, you'll answer. And so every time I do it, I dare people. I'm like, hey, man, if you got something to say, just text me or call me and I'll get back to you. And most of the time when I do that, um, I don't get that many people that reach out. So um, 615-670-8153, that goes direct to me. So, um, you know, hopefully you're not going to set some spam robot on me. That's going to go crazy. <laughs> but if you want to talk shop, if you want to talk CTV, real estate, lead gen, I don't care. Um, call me up and uh, I'd love to, 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 you know, share whatever I can with you. So it's very generous of you, sir, for sure. So you are obviously somebody who brings your A game into everything you do. I'm sure that's why Adam Whitney linked this up. You've definitely brought your A game to this podcast, man. This has been extremely interesting for me. You got my wheels turning. But before I let you go for the full day, sir, any final thoughts before I let you go? Oh, well, yeah. If uh, if you sign up as a valued um, participant or uh, watcher of this podcast, anyone that signs up before October 15th, um, and all I need to do is, is, um, you know, reference you or the A-game podcast will give $500 off, um, the, the, the startup costs. So again, even if uh, you're not sure, just go out, go to, uh, investor CTV and, uh, schedule a call. I'd love to, um, to, to, to talk through that with you. And like I said, take, take advantage of that $500 discount. That's awesome, Matt. I really appreciate that. This is very kind of you. And I highly encourage anybody that's looking to scale their business. This is uh, one of those things I think you're going to look back on and say, you got in before everybody knew about it. So I appreciate it, man. It's very nice of you to come on and share your time, share your experience and share your knowledge. It's been an absolute blast getting to know you a little bit. I look forward to seeing you hopefully soon in Nashville or uh, one of the events coming up soon, sir. I appreciate it. A-Game Podcast, Jeremy Reservoir, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day.